Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hello, Radiant. We're with some people who are excited to be at church today, right? Excited about Jesus today? Worship was amazing. We're glad you're here. Go ahead and have a seat, everybody. Have a seat. So uh, like Pastor said, it's our honor to be here and to plug into uh, this series that you're doing called Losing My Mind, really talking about mental health. I'm so excited. I just want to give, listen, I'm just excited to be here with you because of all that God's doing, to be part of a church that's about reaching people, and uh, that you guys had an awesome Easter. Man, congratulations Ooh, yeah, on an over-the-top that. Easter Sunday, just reaching people. You got people sitting out in the, in the lobby and in the kids' rooms. You got people sitting in the parking lot. It's all about reaching people for Jesus, and I'm in a room full of people, connected to people today who love Jesus and want to see the gospel spread, and so uh, we are at home. You are our Florida home, and we're really glad to be here with you. You have great pastors, by the way, Aaron and Katie. Listen to this. There's a lot of great reasons to love them, but let me give you three. First, they love God. Number one, they love God. Number two, they love each other. And number three, they really love you. We're talking, I was talking with Pastor Aaron last night, and we're talking with Katie today about how much they love you and care for you. And so uh, you just have phenomenal leaders. It's good to be in a church that has godly leaders that love God, love each other, and love you. So put your hands together, will you, for your pastors, for your pastors. and your staff and your team. All right, so uh, let's uh, just introduce ourselves. Uh, we are Garrett and Andrea Booth, and we want you to know us and also to know our family. So we brought you a picture to show you about our family. This is our crew. So, of course, uh, there's me and Andrea, and then we have two kids. Uh, Lauren, she will graduate from Baylor University in three weeks. We're very excited. We're very, very excited Barb, about that. It mean, here's what it means. Off the payroll. It, it, <laughs> Yes, that's right. We're really excited she's graduating, but secondly, we get a raise, and we're very excited about that. And then our son, Austin, who's traveling with us. Austin's here, right here in the front row. Austin's a junior in high school, plays basketball. He's uh, six foot two, and um, he's just awesome, and we're really excited about uh, him and about all that God's doing, and we're excited to be here with you. So we're going to jump into this. Wait, wait, you forgot that's somebody. A, oh, that's right. The furry blob in the middle, that's our dog, Bo. Bo we is a sheep-a-doodle. Sheep-a-doodle, that's an English sheepdog and a poodle. Not sure God meant for that to happen, but we love him anyway, and it's fantastic. So uh, we're going to jump into our part of this series, Losing My Mind, talking about mental health, and I've already said how great it is that at church we can talk about these things. And for so long, issues of mental health have been in the dark, they've been hidden, they've been something that we just don't talk about. Praise God, we're in a place where we can bring this out into the light. We can discuss it. We can talk about it. We can talk about real issues here, and you're part of a church that does that. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to talk to you about the valley of anxiety and depression, the valley of anxiety and depression. Uh, life has mountaintops, great moments, times that are awesome and exciting. Life also has valleys of different kinds. And you may be in a valley today of various kinds. could be a valley of stress. could be a valley with your family or your health. We're going to talk about the valley of anxiety and depression, but don't get depressed about the message. We're going to give you hope, and because here's what we know. In every situation that we're in, Jesus can touch your life. Jesus can make a difference in you. He can touch your life right now, and we believe that. I want to point your attention to a scripture, Psalm 23. You probably heard this read, or you may have read it. Uh, It's a pretty famous passage. I just want to show it to you today. Here's what it says, 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Verse 4 says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for, uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and, in the, uh, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Tucked away in this scripture, in the fourth verse, is this phrase, uh, I will walk through the valley. And like we talked about, there's valleys in life. You don't have to live very long to realize that there's moments that are low. And there's challenges and difficulties, and you don't get exempt from them just because you believe in Jesus. The truth is, we have to walk through those valleys. We want to dig in and talk to you about one that happened to us, share our story, and then some things that will really bring you hope today. So uh, tune in, get your notes out, get ready to write some scriptures and thoughts down. And let's jump into this, the Valley of Anxiety and Depression. It was about three years ago. Yeah, about three years ago, I, um, I'm not given to sadness and, and depression and anxiety and that type of thing at all, just like naturally. And so I'm, I'm kind of an outgoing person and uh, very upbeat, very busy. And I started feeling down, fatigued, slow, not driven, just um, not myself. Anybody ever not yourself, just feeling like not yourself? So I, I figured a vacation would fix that, right? Anybody up for vacation? I live for vacation. So we go on our a vacation, and um, the four of us, and of course, I love it when it's the four of us, all of us together, and doing our favorite things. And um, we're on this vacation doing all these little different excursions, and I am just not enjoying anything, and I'm feeling superbly guilty for not for not enjoying my family, not enjoying my time off, and I was it's just weird feeling. I felt so off, and I felt guilty. And then we came home from the vacation, and the valley got lower and darker. And I would even describe it as a pit for me because it was like I was at the bottom of a pit. And there was no way to climb out because it was just like a mudslide. And so I just, I felt guilty about it because I'm a Christian. And I was like, you know, we're not supposed to feel this way. We're supposed to have the joy of the Lord all the time. But you know what? It happens. It can happen to anybody. And so um, it happened to me. I didn't understand it. I was confused. And um, so we had to drop Lauren off at Baylor in August. And um, it wasn't her freshman year, so I wasn't like full of tears. You know, it was like her sophomore year. And we're moving her into an apartment, and I love decorating, organizing, container store, Kirkland's, Hobby Lobby. I mean, I'm, that's a Target, you know, I'm there. And so, um, yeah, Hobby Lobby is Jesus' place. Um, and so I, uh, I, we get into the Hobby Lobby parking lot, and I'm sitting there and not getting out of the car, and Garrett's looking at me, and he's like, what's going on? And I'm just like, start sobbing. And Lauren's in the back seat, and she's like, what's going on? And I'm just like, frozen. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I had tightness in my chest. Um, kind of that feeling where like you can't catch your breath, it's shortness of breath, and I just really was in that kind of valley right then, and I did not know what to do, and I mean, I'm at Hobby Lobby, we're about to go into the holy place of Hobby Lobby, and I was like blank on what to even get in the store, 
Yeah, so this experience, it's one thing to feel a little down and, you know, hey, we go on a vacation and maybe that didn't fix it and we're not sure. But when we were there in the parking lot uh, of Hobby Lobby and Andrea really honestly just was kind of immobile, unable to, to kind of function or whatever, we knew that there, there was something deeper going on. There was a deeper issue there. And so this was a signal to us and a sign that this was more than just having a down day or down week or just struggling a little bit. Like maybe there's something else, you know, going on here um, because of, of kind of what that meant. So, so we started to pray about it. Obviously, we're people of faith. We believe in Jesus. We started to pray and we started to talk. We also did some other things. So talk a little bit about like after that moment when we started to reach out for help from doctors yeah, and I, counselors and I stuff. I went to my hormone doctor and got a blood work test, all the blood work done, feeling like, you know, I'm in my late 40s and I probably am just hitting that stage, right? And so I also got professional help from a Christian counselor and um, and psychiatrist, and I was like, you know what? Um, th th these things are, um, well, actually, these things were chemical. And I was like, because there was no situation in my life that felt out of sorts, which was very weird to me because, like, you know, everything was going good with college, ev with Lauren. Everything was going great with Austin. He was enjoying school and basketball. You had an amazing husband. I mean, really, honestly, yes, just have to tell you all that. I love, I love my church, but I just didn't even want to go to church, uh, and I didn't even understand that. So, I mean, I just had all these problems. And so um, the hormone doctor and the um, therapist got together on the phone, and they were like, this is a chemical imbalance that she has. And so we're going to give her some medicine that will steady her so that we can work with her through this process. So all through this time, uh, you were experiencing some different symptoms. Yeah. So talk a little bit about uh, what were you were what you were experiencing uh, physically and emotionally yeah, and stuff. Physical symptoms were like stomach. Um, I was in knots, could not eat, lost a lot of weight, and um, tightness of chest. Couldn't I mean shortness of breath? I would say, you know, and um, dizzy. It, that was a weird one for me. I'd walk into a room and I would just be dizzy, and I'd have to sit down unaware of my surroundings, like I drive into the Target parking lot, which I do every single week, and uh, go into the store every week. <laughs> every week, yes, not to mention the online purchases, um, go into the store, and, and I didn't even know where, I mean, this is my Target store that I've been going to for 10 years, and I'm like, where is the peanut butter? I don't know where the strappy shoes are. I need to find them because everybody's got them and I want them. It's true. And Andrea would come out of Target and having bought nothing, she went in and then she came out and she didn't even buy anything. She just walked around in there trying to find her way around and came out. And when she would come out with nothing, I would just say, thank you, Lord. I love you. <laughs> this is the Spirit of God moving. Well, yes. One more sign was like walking into a room and not knowing why it was there. Yeah. And that was very um, scary to me because I'm not 77. I'm, you know, in my 49, almost 50. And three years ago, 47, um, you know, this shouldn't be. I shouldn't walk into a room and go, uh, why am I? And really could not figure it out. Never did figure it out. Had to walk out. And God knows what I was in, doing in there. But emotionally cried a lot for no reason. I mean, just on the spot, like in the car crying just felt so hopeless. 
Now, I've been saved since I was five years old, and I grew up in a pastor's home. And um, I'm telling you, I didn't know what hopelessness felt like until that moment. And I felt very disconnected from God spiritually. And I was trying to connect to him. I was getting up and I was reading my Bible, doing worship and or I say doing worship, participating in worship and trying to pray. I mean, really, honestly, I don't know if I really did pray much. I just talked. I mean, I guess that's you call that praying, but sure. I, it was babble, honestly. So yeah. no real life issues. So these symptoms we experienced, and I say we because the fact of the matter is, if somebody close to you, somebody you love, somebody in your family is walking through this, you're walking through it with them. And so we experienced these symptoms. This was over a period of about six months that they persisted and continued and kind of week in and week out and uh, really feeling like uh, Andrea was struggling quite a bit. And the, the therapist and uh, the doctor said it's going to take time for the medication to help bring some balance there so that we can kind of see what's going on. And so we trusted in that, but it was frustrating a bit because there weren't immediate results. All of us like immediate results. I mean, we, want, we don't want to wait on anything. And so uh, as we just kind of continued to walk through this, some of those symptoms, they didn't go away right away. They were still something that, um, that we had to walk through. And it brings me to some misconceptions about anxiety and depression. I want to share these with you because we really needed to learn more about this and, and what it meant. And so I want you to write these down in your notes, and, and let me just dig into these three misconceptions I want to give you. Number one, misconception number one, anxiety and depression are rare. Our culture presents that idea and that concept that, you know what, if you're experiencing anxiety and depression, there's something wrong with you. There's very few people that happens to. Uh, the, I don't, we don't know what's wrong, but there's something really, you know, it's a very serious scenario. And it can be serious, but here's what I want to say. You, uh, when you walk through that, you very much feel very alone. And I think what I want to say to anybody here who's struggling in that way is you are not alone. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Even if it feels like you're alone, uh, you're not alone. So let me give you some just some definitions and some words and thoughts. Uh, here's what anxiety is. This isn't my definition. It's a medical definition. Excessive worry associated with three or more of the following. Restlessness, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, irritability, sleep disturbance, or muscle tension. And all of those symptoms Andre had. When we read that list, it was like check, 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 check. Put a big circle around it. So we knew that this was that kind of thing. One. <laughs> yeah. So uh, something else to know is this, that anxiety affects women more frequently than men uh, by a factor of two to one. So this is something that can be more prevalent in women. When it comes to depression, that's associated and connected. Let me define that for you. It's two or more, uh, two or more weeks of daily clear-cut changes in your lifestyle. So what happens is if you start seeing somebody whose lifestyle really begins to shift, that can be a clue. It can include any of the following, depressed mood, lack of interest in daily activities, substantial weight loss, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness, and it can even lead to a place of thoughts about death or thoughts about suicide. All told, anxiety and depression affects 7% of the population at any given time. Now take that in just for a minute. That means 7 out of every 100 people are dealing with some level of anxiety and depression. And if you're not walking through that now, you could be in years to come. And so we need to know more about this and understand more that, that it's not as rare as maybe it feels and it isn't as rare as it seems. Second misconception, put this in your notes, anxiety and depression are just about your circumstances. And this is real common that all of us 
can tend to feel like if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed, obviously there's a reason. Uh, there's something in your circumstances that caused it. And one of the things that we learned when it came to anxiety and depression is there's various factors that play into this. There can be temperamental factors, environmental factors, but there's also a genetic factor. 35 to 40 percent of people who deal with anxiety and depression, there's a genetic component. It doesn't mean genetics is all of it, but it can be part of it. And if that's the case, then you have a, a chemical issue in your body that has to be addressed. Here's misconception number three. Anxiety and depression always just go away on their own. And that's true that they can. You may be, go through a period of depression or time of feeling depressed or time of feeling anxious, and it subsides over time. But that isn't always the case. Sometimes it can be very persistent. It was with us. So Andrea started feeling these symptoms. We started walking through this together. Six months go by. We're still struggling. In fact, it feels like we're struggling worse. Uh, Andrea's even started to take a, a, some medication to help. The doctors are working on that. They're unsure of exactly what to do. And then we found ourselves in what we would call the lowest point of the valley. Every valley has a low point, a, a, a really low dip. There's a place where it's the lowest spot, and, uh, and we ended up there. And so let's talk about that low point, babe. Yeah, it was on a Sunday morning um, at church, and I'm um, sitting on the front row, and I just had this feeling of overwhelmed and like I was going to burst into tears right away and that maybe I might even just pass out. So I thought, I probably need to go to the back office and uh, get myself together. So I went to the back office and um, during a discreet time of the service. And at the end of service, Garrett noticed that I wasn't on the front row. So he comes to the back office to find me in the fetal position on the floor. And when I got to the office, it was like, it, I don't even remember how it happened. I just ended up there. I mean, you've, you've heard about people in that position and they're rocking and they're, and I'm like, I'm a crazy person, you know? And, um, but that, I wasn't a crazy person. That's a misconception. That is a stigma. Mental health is not being a crazy person. I mean, you might be crazy in other ways, but I'm just saying. You're not crazy like cuckoo, you know what I'm saying? But um, so Garrett comes to the back after the sermon thinking, you know, she must be in the back or somewhere. And so he um, comes and sits down and puts his arm around me. And, you know, obviously we'd been walking through this for a little bit. And he said, honey, what's going on? And I couldn't talk. I couldn't. I was stiff as a board and nothing would come out of my mouth. And so he just started praying, and, um, and, and he kept asking questions, and I would nod yes or no. And then finally I was able to get this out. Hey, babe, you have another service to preach? You better go. <laughs> and he said, you know what? You come first. They can sing 10 more worship songs. And so I was so thankful to have that in, a sp in my spouse. And so I just want to say to spouses out there that you have some, if you have someone that's walking through this, they can't just snap out of it. Yeah. You've got to be there for them in a loving, caring, compassionate way. And so, um, you know, I felt so dark in that moment. And um, it just... So finally, he, I, get him to, I get him to go back to service, and so he finds my best friend and brings her in there. And she said something very profound to me. 
that um, stuck has stuck with me, and that is, she said, you know what, Andrea, you don't need to feel the guilt, the stigma, just because you're a Christian. Let me tell you, if you had a blood pressure problem, you would get blood pressure medicine. You have a chemical issue. You have a mental issue. Let's get some medicine for this mental issue. Let's get this. And, you know, I had been taking medicine, but it just hadn't taken hold of everything. It takes a little bit to get into your system and get you steady. And so um, so you that know, was a bit of a, a journey. When you say that, I think about this because I feel like it is so important that we remove the stigma of mental health issues and that the church is a place where you can come when you're struggling, where a place of openness and a place of even healing for people who are dealing with those kind of things. You know what? Uh, God created your mind. He created your body. He created it to function in a certain way. And very much so when our bodies don't function the way we anticipate, we go get medicine, we get help. There's no real stigma about that. Why don't we take mental health and move it over in our mind to that category where it's okay even encouraged for somebody to go get tested, for somebody to go see a doctor or see a therapist because we want to be healthy on the inside, uh, same way as we want to, in terms of our body, we want that same kind of health in our mind. And so I love that she said that to you, that, that you know what, hey, for everybody here, if you had a blood pressure issue, you'd get some medication or get help or get tested why don't we do the same thing when it comes to issues uh, in the mind? And so, <clears throat> but like Andre said, and you guys all know, we're Christians, we're believers, and we prayed through all this time for, uh, we prayed daily for a miracle from God. We never stopped believing in that. We still believe in that. Uh, we prayed daily for God's help. And on the faith side of our journey, uh, there were some scriptures that really spoke to you when we walked through this. And I asked Andre to share that. I said, I want you to share some of the scriptures that really spoke to you. And so she sent me an email back and it had 152 scriptures on it. So I was like, okay, let's pare it down so that they can go have lunch. Let, uh, let's cut it down. Let, pick the top three that really spoke to you. And so I want you to write these down because they'll be good for you. They'll be good to share with somebody else. Uh, this is just great to hold on to. And here's why. There's a moment in your life where hanging on to the words of a therapist or a doctor or even your own thoughts is not enough. You need something more solid. I'm going to tell you this. The Word of God is always, always, always trustworthy. It is always, always, always solid. You can always, always, always build your life on it. You can hold on to it. And if everything else fades away, God's Word will be real and true, and it'll be good for your life. So share with them a little bit about those scriptures that spoke to you. Yeah, I was really excited to hear Pastor's message from last week because he had told you that, um, you know, when the enemy speaks to you in your ear, get God's word to speak to you in your, in your spirit because it replaces what the enemy's trying to say to you the attack because it could it may not be depression it may not be anxiety it may be family related it may be job related some other situation you need god's word yeah. you need god's word to fight that so here's the scriptures um, Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Do not fear. I will help you. That was a big one for me. Second Corinthians 12, nine, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, apart from God, we can do nothing. We need his power in our weakness. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is my absolute 
life verse, and that is trust the Lord with all your heart. Leap not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And the Amplified Version says, make them plain. I love this verse, and there's several words in it that just really stick out to me. Trust the Lord with your whole heart, not part, your whole heart. And then Lean not to your own understanding. You know why I think it was worded that way? Because we are tempted to lean to our own understanding in this culture, to fix things on our own, and God is our last resort. God needs to be our first resort, right? So lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This is how you lean on him. You acknowledge him in all your ways, your marriage, your attitude, your actions, your job, every part of your life, you acknowledge him. And then he's going to make your path plain. And let me tell you, this girl right here needs it plain. I get confused with Siri's GPS. Like I'm always rerouting. So I'm telling you, Path Plain spoke to me that, you know what, what a word from God that you're just going to make it plain to me. So trust, lean, acknowledge, and he'll make your path plain. Yeah, and these words from God are something to hold on to in um, dark moments. And here's a great reminder for everybody, you may want to put this in your notes too, that anxiety is something you deal with, not someone you are. Okay, so good. Don't take the struggle you have and make it your identity. So rather than saying, I, I, I'm an anxious person. No, you may be a person walking through something, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. You're not a depressed person. You're not an anxious person. You're a person who's walking through a valley. The Bible does not say you are the valley. It says you're going to walk through the valley, and God's going to walk through it with you, and that's why we need His words so much. Let me give you some reminders and thoughts about walking through any valley. This will apply to every valley in your life, and it's just good to know and remember because we're all going to face some. First, uh, when you're in the valley, you walk, you don't run. Scripture says, though I walk through the valley, and there's a reason it says walk, because it's going to go slower than you wish it would go. You can't just run through it. You can't. You don't control that timing. And may I encourage you just to say, if you can just put one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, one day at a time, you'll walk through the valley and God will be with you. Second, in the valley, look for small victories. Look at small victories. Celebrate some small victories along the way. Look, you were stressed about being in a crowd, but now you can be in a crowd. You were concerned about when you went to the grocery store, but now you can go to the grocery store. Whatever it is that's a small victory, celebrate those because celebrating a small victory sets you up for bigger victories along the way. Third, uh, third reminder in the valley is to learn to receive help. Learn to receive help. You were not meant to walk through the valleys in your life alone. And so there's lots of ways to receive help and lots of people that are willing and want to help you if you'll just learn to receive help uh, when you're in the valley. Yeah, and I I solicited this kind of help, praying moms. My mom's a pastor's wife, and I told her what was going on so that she could be praying. There was a couple other women in the church that are mother figures to me that I let them know so that they could be praying, encouraging sisters, people that were my age that I could trust with this, and um, they wouldn't judge me on it, and they would be praying. And then also helping friends. I was in charge at that time of a women's conference 
that was just right around the corner, and I needed some help to pull this thing off. I mean, you know, the parts that I normally do, I needed them to do. So I would solicit help in those areas for sure. So in this journey, what started out as um, six bad days and one good day. Yeah. And we went from that to five bad days and two good days. But now we're at a month of good days and maybe one day of struggle. And that's been our story along the way. So out of that, let me just give you some advice uh, that you could give to someone else or maybe tuck away in your own heart for these kind of moments. Here's number one, keep coming to church. Underline, circle, highlight, put a star next to it. Keep coming to church. Why? Because you need the community, you need the faith of others, you need to be in the environment of the presence of God to touch your life in this way. You may not always feel like it, but that's okay. Continue to come anyway. God really has something for you. Number two, tell someone close to you. Talk to a friend, talk to a small group leader, talk to a pastor. If you're struggling with a mental health issue, come out of the darkness and into the light and share that with somebody. You don't have to share it with everybody. You don't need to make a t-shirt and wear it next Sunday, say, I'm struggling with mental health. Find somebody you trust and share it with them. Uh, Number three, if it persists, get help. It's okay to go to a doctor. It's okay to go to a therapist. Uh, That that doesn't diminish your faith. It doesn't make you weaker. Uh, It's okay to do that. You don't give up your faith by doing it. So go get some help. Number four, lean on those around you. There'll be times where you feel weak, where you can't do something. Andrea talked about that. So lean on some people around you. This is why you need to be part of a small group. You need to be tied into the church. You need some friendships and relationships in your life that are built so that you can lean on others. And then number five, last is keep believing for a miracle. Keep believing for a miracle. Don't let go. Don't give up believing that God will work in your life. Whether it's instantaneous or through a process, uh, let's believe for a miracle. And we really want to close this message by praying that way for you. For anybody who's here that needs a miracle from God or that's in a valley of any kind, but especially anxiety, depression, mental health issues, if you find yourself in that valley and you felt all alone and you weren't even sure if you wanted to come to church today, I'm so glad that you came. And I really believe that there's a, there's a touch and a connection that God has for you today uh, in this moment. So Andrea's going to pray for those valleys and those issues, and then I'm going to come behind her, and I'm going to pray a prayer for anybody who needs to open their heart to Jesus today. We don't want to leave this service without the opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus, but let's start with those valley moments. And so bow your heads in this room and at every campus today and receive this prayer into your life. So, Lord, we come to you asking, Lord God, for your mighty power to break the stigma, Lord God, first of all, and then also, Lord Jesus, that you would take them, Lord Jesus, and walk them out of the valley, that as they go through the valley, they would learn, Lord, more about you. They would learn to depend on you more, Lord. They would learn to love you even more, God Jesus, that they that desperation, Lord Jesus, would turn into passion for you, Lord God. And we thank you so much that you're a God who heals not just our physical bodies, but also our mental 
bodies, Lord God. Thank you that you can do that. We know you can do that. I am a living example of a person who you took through that valley, Lord God, and are working through that valley. And it's a process, Lord, but you are moving. And just like the song that says, Waymaker, even if you can't feel it, even if you can't see it, God is with us. And we praise you for that. And we thank you for that. Now, if you'll keep your heads bowed, I want to pray a prayer for anyone who needs to say yes to Jesus at any campus, in any service. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but before I do, I want you to have a moment to respond to God. And the way we do that here is to just lift your hand and hold it up. So I want to ask you, do you have a personal relationship with God? If you say yes, that's great. You might say no, but I want to. This prayer is for you. No matter what you've done or where you've come from, Jesus opens his arms to you and he wants you to come to him. You might be here and I say, do you have a relationship with God? And you say, I'm not sure. You can be sure. That's what this prayer is about. So if you need to say yes to Jesus, wherever you are, at whatever campus you're at, then I want you to lift your hand while people's heads are bowed and you'll respond that way and then I'll lead you in prayer. So my hand's up. I want you to join me. If you need to say yes to Jesus, go ahead and do that. Lift your hand up high. One, two, and three, go. Lift your hand up high. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. And you can put your hands down at every campus. Let me lead you in a prayer. You pray this right there at your seat. Dear Jesus, I come to you. And I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again. And I ask you into my life right now. Forgive me of my sins. And make me new from the inside out. I'm beginning a relationship with you right now. I put my hand in yours. Lead me through the valley and walk with me. Today is the beginning. And I thank you for what you've done. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.